If I know that in this hotel room they have food every day, and I'm knocked on the door every day to eat, and they tell, and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the, I mean just like throwing food around, where they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day, I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is gonna change the, we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me a little food, we're breaking out the door. And after a year, and you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, with the civil rights movement. We was asking, you know, now, now those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're gonna do? Ask? Um, we begin this podcast with a, a prosaic tone, a tone of grief, a tone of distress, a tone of pain, a tone of sorrow. A tone of balkiness, a tone emphasizing what uh, we as Black Americans, we as Black Americans have had enough. Um, as Don Lemon stated on, C stated on CNN, uh, there are uh, two things that are killing Americans, COVID-19 and racism 2020. Yes, he was correct by stating COVID-19 is killing Americans, but he was incorrect in saying racism 2020 is killing Americans because not all Americans are dying from racism. Only the African-Americans are. Dating back 400 years ago to the beginning of slavery, 65 years ago to the civil rights era, and even today in 2020, we as Blacks still aren't equal. We as Blacks are being killed by a group of individuals who took an oath to protect and serve. Instead, we have some officers who are kneeling on our necks physically, mentally, and emotionally. We as African Americans can't even be pulled over by a single traffic stop without the feeling of hypertension and nervous, nervousness, even if we are an outstanding citizen. I now have a better understanding why Kaepernick took a knee during the national anthem. And not only was the action done to bring awareness to police brutality, but it was also done to depict that we as blacks are not in conjunction with the land of the free and the home of the brave. So where do we go from here? Welcome listeners to uh, the 22nd episode of the pro fights be like podcast. This is your co-host, Mr. Pro fights be like, with CC Tro, and we have a special guest, Mike from Free Roots. How you guys doing? Good, good. Good, bro. That was powerful. It was prolific. <laughs> man, and I, I, I almost wanted to cry saying it, man. Like, um, because of course, you know, I kind of put this together before to say it, but even then, like, just reading it there, it's like, bro, when is enough enough? Like, I'm tired of this shit, and like. We gonna get into it later, but even with me being uh, out protesting uh, yesterday, which was a last minute decision, I did not decide to go out. But you know, um, my heart told me to do otherwise. So, mm -hmm. Mike, what's up, man? What's good, little bro? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm glad for you to join. Uh, for those who don't know who Mike is, Mike Jones uh, from Free Roots. Uh, make sure you follow the page at the free underscore roots we had him on a uh, episode earlier i think it was like podcast episode uh 14 15 kind of discussing uh you know what free roots is we also had him on another episode um discussing um top 100 black greeks um, yeah so that was he, fine 
y'all y'all know who Mike Jones is. And yes, that's his name, Mike Jones. So yeah. don't be asking if that's really his name. Um CC Tro, um, how's uh things going in the cities that you guys are in? Philly is on fire right now. Is uh is getting pretty bad. I think Trump just tweeted something about uh, you know, to get a more military here pretty uh, pretty quick because it is getting bad right now. Uh, they just took out uh, the target on City Line, which is pretty like one of the the bigger tar- yes. uh, targets that we have. So yeah, CC, you know that. Target. I live around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know man. you live right around the corner. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's getting uh, it's getting crazy. crazy. Um, as far as the reopening, I think it's like. June 14th or something. Uh, I think they're going to extend it probably to July. And then by July, I'm pretty sure like everybody's going to be open at that point. But yeah, as far as the riots is, is going down in Philly. How's it? So I also went out protesting uh, kind of last minute, similar to you, Javon, just because my spirit just told me just to go out. So I went out. They, Indy, actually, the governor said that from 4.30 to 7.30, the police couldn't do anything. But after that, they were going to use, you know, any forcible measure to get people off the streets. But it was crazy. They um, graffiti broke that broken businesses like Mass Ave is considered like a very um, like high social bar type of scene and they wrecked a lot of the business there. When I went out protesting yesterday, um, I went out from 4.30 to 7.30 and it was a great turnout, pretty peaceful, but there were people with rifles in that video I sent you, Javon. I don't know if you saw that there was a, you know, a couple people with like guns and stuff, but the police didn't do anything. But you could see from the night before when they had burned and torched businesses, there was graffiti, Black Lives Matter. So it was pretty surreal, but um, it was good to see the solidarity there in Indianapolis. I'm not, I'm a transplant, so I don't really know what the culture is truly like, but um, it was a good mix. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm glad to see something like that happening in Indiana to, because to be honest, I wouldn't expect any type of action to happen in the state of Indiana. Um, so it was good to know that there are good individuals there in Indiana and really all over the country. Um, as far as here in St. Louis, um, I uh, got out like around 4, 5 p.m. Um, and went to Ferguson, which is still, you know, St. Louis. Um, we all met at the police department, you know, um, walked in the street, blocked off the street, did all we could. I stayed till probably like 10 o'clock last night, I want to say. Um, and of course, you know, um, after 10 o'clock, uh, there was a the Ferguson Police Department windows were, you know, broken. Um, there was a black business that sit, sits next to um, the Ferguson Police Department called Kathy's Kitchen, um, which uh, I have a friend who I went to Mizzou with who's an SG Row Kathy. Her mom, it's her mom and her shop. Uh, that's, they sell some good food, man. It's all type of soul food. But um, basically, um, some people broke their windows Um and I think they were about to loot, but of course people are like, hey, no, we not, we not touching this, you know, which I agree. Um, I don't think in this point in time, um, we should be touching any, uh, any black owned businesses. Mike, how you feel about that? Um, I, I agree as a blanket, as a kind of a blanket statement. Um, I definitely agree when it, when it comes to Kathy's kitchen, uh, 
first and foremost, because that is the spot, and they the are in, they are in the community heavy. Um, I do want to point out though that we need to start making a distinction between a black-owned business and a business that's just owned by black folks. Uh, you know, th- those those are two completely kind of different things. Uh, a black-owned business is a, is a business that's centered around being black and being in the community um, and giving back where, you know, their dollar and their time and their effort um, circulates back into that community. Um, and that's not necessarily just necessarily giving away money. It's also, you know, make sure you hire black, uh, make sure you're offering internships, make sure, you know, whatever goods you have to do to sell whatever it comes from a black distributorship or, you know, if it's not, then, you know, maybe you can get a black salesperson. So, so, so then they get the commission. Um, just being black centered around your capitalist enterprise. So you have that and, you know, those people definitely need to be protected and need to be sheltered and, you know, that kind of stuff. But then you also have folks that are just literally a business um, and they're black and, you know, they take your money and they go elsewhere with it and they don't have a concern for the community. Um, we, as a, we as a people, unfortunately, are not in a place where we can just make money and leave. Uh, we don't have that. We don't have that footing yet. Um, there, it's just not enough of us. It's not enough power. It's not enough capital. Um, it's just not enough of us. So anything we do from a black standpoint when it comes to making money, which I'm all for, um, it needs to be a conscious effort to put energy back into the community to make sure it strengthens it. Um, we can't just take from it. So, you know, overall, you know, definitely leave the black businesses be. But, um, you know, there are some black businesses out there, which I think we need to start talking about and need to start calling them out and addressing them where, you know, you need to be doing more for us. You know, some people got their stuff looted because, you know, they didn't know the business was black owned, which that kind of tells me um, what are you doing in the community where nobody would protect what it is you're doing. You know, Kathy's Kitchen got protected, you know, um, but that's because everybody knows it. Yep. But, you know, that's not necessarily the case with every black business out there. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I didn't really think about that distinction and recirculating that dollar and everything back in this community. Yeah. Definitely. Another thing with uh, the black owned businesses, um, when they say like the people are riding out, it's not only black people, it's white people too. So do you think that, you know, maybe when you know a lot of people may be downtown but there's like a black owned business around a corner that white people are you know burning down these black owned businesses we automatically say we like oh we're black people but we're not the only people that's doing it yeah i think there's footage you know there's just footage out there of white people you know you know breaking in windows and breaking down doors uh that kind of stuff you know there there are white people who are out there uh just to be out there because they are angry, you know, along with us. And there are white people out there who just, you know, white folks don't need an excuse to set stuff on fire. You know, they do it all the time. And, you know, anytime they win a World Series or a Stanley Cup, you know, they burn everything down. Or lose. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So, so they, they don't have, they don't have an excuse. Like, they don't, they don't need a reason. So you got white folks out there because they care. You got white folks out there because they're pyromaniacs. And you got white folks out there to make us look bad. So, you know, it's definitely difficult differentiating, you know, the three heads of that component. Um, So, 
you know, I, I think that's where organization comes in. Like I know we're emotional and, uh, you know, fed up and fatigued and all that stuff, but we need to, you know, just kind of strategize to have people posted outside of the businesses we value um, to where, you know, we make sure nobody black or white, you know, touches them or, you know, harms them. Definitely for sure. And um, I do want to applaud those individuals who are white that are using their privilege to help out during these times. Um, Because the only way this is going to change is if everyone comes together to create change. It's not just going to be the black community. We need all communities to create change. So um, shout out to those individuals um, and please continue to support the best ways you can. Um, Flipping the topic, um, Mike, you mentioned riot, rioting, uh, which um, today is the anniversary of the uh, Tulsa massacre. Um, what what do you think is different um, regarding the Tulsa massacre versus what's happening today? Um. Well, well I mean. It- Literally, it's it's kind of two completely different things. The Tulsa massacre was an attack yep. on from the you know United States government. Yep. Um, on, on on a black neighbor. So I mean, literally, we're not even talking about the same the same thing. Uh, you know, this is much much different. Um, I, I but I I think if you could draw a comparison, that would be unfortunate. I, I think it kind of speaks to a lack of. I don't want to say a lack of progress because that would belittle all the all our ancestors that came before us, but a lack of where we've been allowed to go or where we've been permitted to go. Um, you know, you you have Tulsa and you have uh, Auburn Avenue in Atlanta, the Edgewood. You got East St. Louis back in the day. You've got uh, Rosewood. Yeah, you got Rosewood. You got East Oakland. You know, uh, you got you know all these different pockets of place places that that were prosperous and, you know, they're few and far between now. And, you know, we've never been able to get a footing to have that kind of economic power, prowess and control over ourselves uh, than we did then. And if you look at all the, all the places I just named, you know, they were all literally destroyed. Like if you're talking about East St. Louis, you know, you talk about the East St. Louis riots. That there wasn't a riot. That was a government attack on the black citizens of mm-hmm. East St. Louis because they were prosperous in a time where the nation was in a recession. Same thing with Tulsa. So, you know, I I I think it's white folks showed you then that they weren't okay with us being separate and prosperous. And they've done everything, you know within their power since then to make sure we aren't again. And so, you know, we don't even have a black Wall Street technically to protect. Uh, And, you know, I I think that's just an unfortunate thing. Do you guys think that um, this is the beginning of the black Wall Street again? Um, Should we uh, focus our efforts on um, creating that black Wall Street? I think it would be beneficial because to Mike's Point, if those black owned businesses did start banding together and recircling that dollar, you can have more than one business. And then we're essentially recreating that, you know, economic flow within our community. And we're more formidable, the stronger we are together. There's like an African proverb 
it talks about just like a, how a spider web, if they band together, they're much stronger, the webs it's interconnecting. So I just, we need to have that type of mentality. And I feel like that's where it starts there. Um, it, it looks like, you know, on the outside looking in, I'm not a business owner yet, but just from our culture, we're individualistic and we need to think out, you know, not as individuals, but as a community. Definitely. I agree. That's right. As as far as the black owned businesses, the thing that pisses me off the most is we give our money to these designers so much and the way that we market their clothing, like without us, there would literally be nothing. But there's not enough like designer black owned business just like I don't get it. Like we just, you know, make them rich and mm -hmm. you know we're the people that's really, really actually marketing their stuff, where if we had our own, like, it would be absolutely insane. But, yeah, I mean, that, I, I would love, you know, the Black Wall Street to come back. Um, I just think that, you know, depending on which businesses would make it, because it's such a screwed market, depending on, you know, what people just like or what's in, it's all about that, not just supporting, you know, actual Black people. But that's my take on that. Definitely, definitely. Um, let's switch gears to uh, capitalism. Um, I know I've been seeing numerous posts of people saying, hey, why are we doing this? Why, why are we destroying malls? Why are we destroying Target? Why are we doing this? Um, and I think I saw a tweet um, today or yesterday that basically said, if you can't stand rioting for a couple of days, imagine... Uh, feeling systematic oppression for for over 400 years and uh, yeah I think that kind of you know stuck out like like a sore thumb it's like damn like when you really put things into perspective um, like protesting for example um, there have been individuals I've seen like uh, what's the point of protesting this isn't peaceful this and the other but if we look back on history let's talk about the Boston Tea Party um, which involved you know white people um I'm, I'm not sure if people really don't understand what happened in the boston tea party but they tore shit up <laughs> like they began literally you know pouring tea into the sea um mike what what's your take on capitalism and do you agree with um how it's being attacked um, you know, I'm, I'm always a fan of attacking capitalism. Uh, um, there, there is no, there is no, none of this exists without uh, the powers that be believing in capitalism. Um, capitalism is a direct catalyst of the transatlantic slave trade. Um, it, it, it is, it is the accumulation of of wealth um, and the hoarding of it. What you have. Um, capitalism cannot exist without a surf class. And I don't know if you know folks remember learning about serfdom back in high school. Um, serfdom is, is slavery, but it's also um, you're working poor. Um, and it's also, you know, honestly, you're middle class. You know, when, when people talk about middle class, there is no such thing. Um, middle class is a function of how much debt the bank allows you to have. Um, it's not really wealth. It's, it's, it's just your debt ceiling, right? So um, in order to maintain the wealthy 1% or the 2%, you know, your billionaires, your super duper millionaires, you know, you've got to be chained to something uh, to work 
for them without striking out on your own? What's that something? A lot of it, you know, nowadays you're talking about student loans. Uh, you know, folks take out $45,000, to go to school, right? Well, when you graduate, now the basis for what you want to do depends on how quickly you can pay your loans off and how effectively. So now you're now a serf, you're a slave to your student loans. You know, for black men and black women for, for, for decades, it's been a prison system. You know, you catch a, you catch a F, you catch a felony. Master, now master. you're limited on how you can move, what job you can have, where you can go, how much you can get paid. Uh, you know, whereas the job should be paying 14, you got a felony, you can't find work in any place else. Now we're offering you 925. You've just become a serf, you've just become a slave, right? So, you know, none of that exists without the structure of capitalism put in place. And the psychological aspect of it is they have you believing that you're doing the right thing out here because you're working. Um, you know, you got a job, you're making money, you're taking care of your family, but at the same time, they're literally siphoning off your life and controlling your labor force, right? So uh, they give you just enough money, just enough allowance to feel like you're okay. The reason why we can get up and go to work, or not the reason, but one of the reasons is because is if you drive down North St. Louis, drive down West St. Louis, drive down North Indy, or drive down Third Ward in Houston or Compton, wherever you want to name it, North Philly, wherever, uh, you're going to see people on the corner begging for change, right? And what you say is, at least that's not me. I got a job. I got some place to go. Whereas what we should be saying is, why is he there to begin with? And that's the question we don't ask because your job pacifies you to think what you have, as long as it's better than somebody else, you're doing okay, which is how racism um, comes in. Comes in. You don't, you know, very few white people actually own slaves. You know, we're, we're, we're taught that white people own slaves. Some white people own slaves. Most white people didn't. But where racism, how they were able to pacify that um, was at least you're not a nigger. So for these dirt poor, uneducated, barefoot white folks living in the 1860s who didn't have a fucking thing, what they what they hang on to is at least I'm not a nigger. What we hang on to now is at least I'm not poor, quote unquote, at least I'm not begging for change, at least I got a job, at least I have in education. Instead of saying, why do all of these people or these few people have so much and all of us have a variation of so little? But again, that's the psychology when it comes to capitalism, which is why we end up bashing people for looting Target when Target ain't did shit for nobody anywhere in any instance, anywhere. Burn it the fuck down, all of it. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, uh, that's a psychology that's tough to break. Definitely, definitely. Um, Cece, was you about to say something? I'm sorry. Did I interrupt? No, I was just agreeing with him about that psychology piece. It's, that's definitely. Gotcha. Tro, were you about to say something? No, he, that was, we don't even need our replies. Uh, no, right okay. He's <laughs> <We've> broken <laughs> down textbooks, psychology, right. into the history. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> from, from head to toe, I was like, yeah. "Yeah, I don't." 
So um, I've been seeing this uh, on the internet and I've been observing myself while I was out. Um, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X. Um, I uh, definitely caught Martin X vibes um, yesterday um, and also um, throughout social media individuals. I feel I've been, you know, bashing Martin Luther King Jr. as, oh, he was just only for, you know, peace, this, that, and the other. But I think people don't recognize that he went to jail. He went to jail for a reason, you know. Um, he, he he wasn't no bitch. He wasn't just no pushover, you know. Like, he went to jail several times um, because of what he was doing. Um, but um, staying with the peaceful um, versus, you know, by any means necessary um, uh, routes. Um, yesterday while I was out, I saw, you know, a lot of people want to be peaceful. I saw some people by any means necessary, let's do what we need to do. Um, how do you guys feel about, um, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s viewpoint and Malcolm X viewpoint compared to today? Mm, I actually thought about that and... I feel, I felt myself leaning more towards Malcolm X <laughs> just because, wrong with that. right? No. And I, that's what I told myself. I, I, I don't know. I, I want to be peaceful, but I'm also not being heard. And I was, I watched some clip. Um, it was some woman in Minneapolis speaking. She was, she said like, where do we learn violence from? You taught us violence, basically, you know, white America. So it's like, you're, you want to get mad at me for using the same tactic that you used against me. And, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. So I'm Malcolm X with it. I'm 100% for Malcolm X. Um, I actually seen, I think it was like a meme that says Martin Luther King has left. Malcolm X has entered the room. I think King was just more so it was like, you know, straight, 100% peaceful. But Malcolm X was like more assertive, like, hey, if they're not listening to us, you know, or if if we react, you know, we have every right to. So right now, you know, we're a little bit more assertive out there. So 100% I would go with uh, Malcolm X approach right now. Um, I, I think it, I think we do Dr. King a disservice. Um, in a lot of ways. And I also think we do Malcolm X one. Um, also, uh, you know, Dr. King actually kept a gun on him for most of the civil rights movement. Um, being nonviolent wasn't, I think we make nonviolent and peaceful synonymous, and that's not really the case. Uh, being nonviolent for him was more about uh, the best strategy, the most effective strategy, strategy that will work. You know, if you're talking about violence, you're talking about, you know, a war. And, you know, we're not really equipped to fight it. Uh, the, a lot of times, not Malcolm himself, but people who build off of Malcolm like the liken riots and, you know, kind of uprisings to guerrilla warfare. Um, the thing that we don't have in common with guerrilla soldiers is that we're not being invaded. Um, you know, we live right here. Uh, when you talk about Vietnam, you talk about Korea, you talk about um, Angola, you talk about Zaire, you talk about uh, Nicaragua, you talk about Brazil, you talk about, you know, just, uh, Cuba, you talk about all these uprisings, right? 
they're all um, typically invade invasions. And that advantage gives you, because you know the land and your your enemy doesn't. So um, we don't have that. Remember, you know, keep in mind, we're, right now we're fighting the police, we're not fighting the army. Um, so, you know, the police is a bunch of mediocre white boys with, you know, mediocre skills and, you know, mediocre, you know, equipment. Uh, the army come rolling through this motherfucker, it's a different story. Uh, so you got to keep that in mind too. Um, and I think for Martin, his idea was we can't win that fight. So we need to figure out another way to fight. Um, also, the other thing you want to keep in mind is that protests and boycotts were just, they were PR. Um, back in that day, you only had four news, you only had four channels. And so you had to do something big enough and drastic to make the news circle, right? But the protests and boycotts were the PR the protests and the marches were the PR to your boycotts, right? The Montgomery bus joint lasted, you know, 200 some days. So that's 200 some days of like sustained protests, right? But that's not a story that anybody wants to click on the news and actually see because it's boring. But what is exciting is, you know, <laughs> white police officers hosing down black folks in the middle of the street. Like that's what's going to grab the visual, right? So it, it wasn't necessarily about him being peaceful. He was very much disruptive. He was very much um, non-peaceful. He just wasn't retaliatory. Uh, flip that side of the coin, Malcolm X um, was 90% there in his philosophy. Um, the only difference they really had was if somebody touches you, you touch them back. But Malcolm X never... Uh, never advocated for going into anybody's anywhere and doing anything. Uh, so, you know, in essence, if you really read Malcolm, you really look at, at him, he was inherently nonviolent. He was just self-defensive. Uh, so, you know, I think they're a lot more similar than we like to give them credit for. And I think Malcolm was a lot more tame than we give him credit for. And Martin was a lot more radical than we give him credit for. Uh, and remember, you know, shit, they both died. <laughs> so, you know, however it goes, you know, violence. Or nonviolent. Nonviolence. They both gave the lies up for us. So, you know, uh, and, and, not, and not that anybody on here did it, but you start to see this trend of, you know, Malcolm was, I mean, Martin, just some punk ass nigga. And like, I, I, I can't form my lips to say that about somebody who died. Martin was not no bitch. Know. Yeah, like, like, he, like he died for people. Um, he died for people he would never meet. And, you know, I, I, I think we do a terrible job at not uplifting that legacy and holding that truth to be self-evident. I feel you. Um, I think that, you know, back in the 60s, um, Martin is what we needed then. Malcolm is sort of what we need. We need both of them, but I feel like Malcolm's is what we need more now um, because we're tired. We're tired of being, you know, shot down. We're tired of getting, you know, kneeled on. Um, maybe it is time for that, you know, self-defense to finally yeah. kick in, you know, like when is enough enough? Like that's like the bully in school, for example, you know, you, uh, you a third grader and then there's a big old fifth grader um, takes your lunch money every day because what you're not, you're not, you know, you're not fighting back. But once you actually self-defend yourself, that bully is going to, you know, stop messing with you. So I guess what I'm 
I don't know the answer to this now. You guys don't have to answer this, but um, what are some ways where we can quote unquote, you know, self-defense to where um, we can fight back, um, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, um, is there, you know, not spending a black dollar on anything in America. Um, there has to be, you know, some ways um, that we can uh, definitely instill Martin and Malcolm vibes um, in today's society. Um, I do want to play another clip and I want to get you guys' um, opinion on uh, Fami uh, Lou. Uh, where is it? Here it is. Is is drinks with our blood because you see so many of our ancestors was killed because we have never accepted slavery we had to live on it but we've never wanted it so we know that this flag is drenched with our blood so what the young people are saying now give us a chance to be young men respected as a man as we know, this country was built on the black backs of black people across this country. And if we don't have it, you ain't gonna have it either cause we gonna tear it up. That's what they saying. And people ought to understand that. I, I don't see why they don't understand that. They know what they've done to us. All across this country, they know what they've done to us. So with hearing that, um, how would you guys um, translate this to today's society? Oh, um, the one part that she uh, brought up, and I seen something, uh, seen someone tweet it. They said, you someone burning down something that they built you know there's nothing to complain about and she's right 100 percent. we literally built absolutely everything um from ground up so if we're angry you know if we're pissed because you know there's still too much injustice going down like if we're burning things we're gonna burn it you, you can only push someone to a limit before they really start to react and i think you know you know, right now we're we're at that point, and that's why these these riots are not going to stop. And just think about, you know, they're complaining now. Just imagine if, you know, he's found innocent. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to get even worse. I agree. Mike, CC, one of you guys or lady want to intertwine? Ladies first. <laughs> um, I think she said it pretty clear um and into like what we're seeing today it really is like we're at that point to it's just so overwhelmingly clear like where uh society's moral compasses and the systemic racism and justice where it's here like it's blatant we can't hide it no more so it's just i don't know i don't know how to truly answer that it just feels like yeah we can burn it down we helped build it i mean created and establish it but is that really going to solve the, the problem the root cause you know so i don't really have a full answer to that but i feel it mike 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Fannie Lou Hamer was always real, real plain, real to the point when it came to, you know, succinct with her emotions, which was, you know, made her uh, just a, a phenomenal voice. Uh, you know, I, I do think she kind of said it. Um, she definitely speaks for, for the people um, and in their emotional state. Um, I think kind of what I said earlier, we keep getting back to, uh, we keep finding ourselves right back here. And, you know, we're, we're right back emotional. I mean, that clip was from what? I mean, what, 50 years ago? And it's still applicable, like right here, right now. And it, you can find every 10 years, at least, it, like if not more, where it's applicable. Um, so, you know, I think the bigger question is, you know, once we're done burning it down, then what? Um, you know, what? what's the next sustainable? Because, you know, eventually... People are going to go back to work. People are going, you know, go back to life and, you know, this will be over, you know, and then what? And then that's where you have to get into building the next stages of what resistance and progress is. And it's not just in the street, um, you know, burning shit down and in the street burning shit down is, is, is part of it. Um, and and it, it's an important part of it. And it's, it's definitely needed and there's value in it. But, you know, in the long run, we're going to have to figure out. Uh, a way to not have to live our life communally as reactionary. Right. Um, you know, more proactive. Yeah. It, it, everything we're doing now is a function of what somebody do, did to us. And we got to get to a point where we're preventing this from even happening to begin with. Um, and that, you know, that's really getting into the granular minutia of how this country works and how the legal system works and how public policy works and um, how your local elections work and, you know, who's appointed to be your police commissioner and who's on the police board and, uh, you know, taxation and, you know, insurance liability, dispersion within cities. And, you know, it, it's all that big, ugly, boring shit that we need to get into and press on, that'll give us the answer to not have this happen um, again. Definitely, I agree. Um, and to kind of translate off that last part um, about, you know, uh, elected officials, um, police chiefs, things of that nature, um, this is an election year, um, which um, I think with the way society is... Uh, the way society is going about, um, it seems as if um, everything is starting to favor Joe Biden. Um, I don't know um, if the listeners are aware of the Biden plan for Black America, but I'll go ahead and read it out for you guys. Um, the Biden plan for Black America will close the wealth and income gap by investing in African-American workers, businesses, and communities make health equity a reality for African-Americans, expand access to high-quality education and tackle racial inequity in our education system, strengthen America's commitment to justice by ending incarceration for drug use and reducing the number of people incarcerated, make the right to vote and the right to equal protection real for African-Americans, ensure that African-Americans are more fully a part of the country's clean energy future, and last but not least, um, he says, um, we'll not only rebuild this nation together, we will transform it. Um, Mike, I want you to uh, weigh in on 
uh, this Joe Biden plan for Black America. Um, one, do you think that this is what we need uh, to move toward the future? And uh, two, um, what do you think about Joe Biden as a presidential candidate? I guess you can answer the presidential candidate first and then go into the first question. Um. I think the answer to both questions, one and the same, is not a much, not a lot to weigh in on. He ain't really said shit. Uh, uh, I, that, I mean, that what you just read was a whole lot of nothing. Bro, I was reading this. I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's it, it just it was just literally like it was just a whole lot of it was just a whole lot of nothing, which is sounds good. Yeah, which which, <laughs> which is in line with with what and who he is as a person and a politician, just. A, a mediocre white boy that's a whole lot of nothing um so i i don't have any any kind of um reverence or uh warm feelings about him uh I'll say i'm definitely gonna go vote for him um, i'm not gonna not go vote because uh joe biden it will at least stop the bleeding we won't be able to go through four more years of what the fuck we just been through uh Joe Biden does not improve anything, but he doesn't worsen anything either. Um, so, you know, I, I think he is very much uh, New Amsterdam vodka. Uh, you know, that's that's Jerk and Jerk E and J. Yeah, that that's <laughs> yo. That's pretty much him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, that's you know, that's. That's, that's just that. that. I mean, it's just a whole lot of hot air. Again, it's all shit that sounds good, but I didn't hear anything that would disassemble anything that's in place that would make our progress possible. Definitely. Um, I do want to say, you know, as a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, one of our um, programs is a voteless people is a hopeless people. And I would like to take this time to really encourage all our listeners to get out and vote, not only on the national level we need you at the local level the state level because More so. as as mike stated like how do you think these police chiefs and uh people you know in our neighborhoods are being elected it starts at the local level if you really want to create change you have to begin at the local level because just like i've i mean i've learned this even with like COVID 19 going on like yes the president is the president but also you have governors of each state that you know Gives out, they gives out, hey, we're going to open the state back up on this date. Uh, we're going to do this on that date. Um, those individuals are the ones who um, affect your day-to-day while the president is there to affect, you know, uh, long-term. Um, so, yeah, I want to encourage you guys to, you know, get out and vote and uh, exercise your right because we literally had people, our ancestors, dying to, to go vote, you know, um, so let's uh let's do that in their name, man, and uh, get Definitely. this thing going. Um, I do want to ensure also that if people are making donations, make sure you are donating to the correct individuals. Um, there are some individuals. Um, I don't want to call out his name, Mike. Should I call out his name? You already know what I'm talking about. I ain't got nothing to do with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> there are some individuals who, um. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say it because um, and specifically, we got a, a St. Louis activist here. Um, her name is Ohan Ashe. Definitely. And 
she she been outside like outside outside like since Definitely. since Ferguson in St. here in St. Louis. Um and she should be the one in my opinion getting all the glamour and all the recognition that you know individuals such as Sean King is getting. Um uh, uh, do I want to think I'm not, I'm not gonna go there but um please ensure that you know the people you are donating to um that are um focusing the efforts on um, whether it's black injustices or whatever the case may be please make sure that um that those individuals are doing what they need to do um you guys got anything to add on that point <laughs> yeah no I mean that's that's important to, to to make sure your 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 funds are going to the to the right people, uh, regardless. You know, a, a lot of money is made off black bodies, and um, unfortunately, uh, some of the people who make the money are also black people, and some of them are people who may or may not be black. Uh, so you know, you definitely want to make sure your money is going to you know the the groundwork. So you know, just just vet, just vet, vet, vet vet your resources and vet, you know, just like anything else, you know, make sure your money is going to the places it's supposed to go to. Definitely, man. Um, Mike, you getting outside with the keys tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be out with the bros. We, um, we, uh, it's funny because the bros are the police forever. Right? <laughs> uh, because bro, all cues are police and gym teachers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, football coaching, but yeah, nah, de- definitely. Uh, Ohan actually has a rally that she planned for tomorrow. Speaking of that, you know, I'll definitely be out there for uh, supporting her and you know, just supporting everybody, definitely, definitely for sure. Uh, CC Tro, what's going on in your your cities, um, Indy and uh, Philly, uh, in the next week or so? Um, still protesting. I kind of get it like day before. So, um, to my knowledge, we're that's still usually like, how it works. <laughs> um, marching, protesting. Um, I was actually going to reach out to our because I'm a part of the, like a NCAA um, like unit here, but I haven't got anything yet. So I'm gonna reach out and see if there's anything that they're um, putting together. But aside from the media's you know, and word of mouth. Um, it's going to be similar to what's already been happening. We're, um, there's still going to be protesting here in Philly. I don't think that's going to stop at all. Um, again, by Trump saying, you know, getting the National Guard here, I'm not sure how long that's going to allow the protest. Like, maybe it's going to be a window. They're already saying, like, it's like a six o'clock curfew or something right now. So, I don't know. In the next week, it could get really violent or, you know, it could, you know, just stay as it is right now. So we're going to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, this might be my last question to all you guys. Um, but uh, how can our Black Greek Letter organizations um, show solidarity and come together during this time uh, for our uh, Black communities? What do you guys think? I think we should just come together. Like, yeah. to make the conscious, be intentional with it. Like, move in purpose. We see what's going on. We, our organization were founded 
like in these times, at the beginning of these times, throughout, like they've lasted almost as long as, you know, a very long time. And yes, this isn't definitely. going away. So I just feel like it's just Except speaking up. That, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to, you know, <laughs> not do that. Yeah, I, know. I definitely think everyone, the whole of the D9 should come together and, you know, um, maybe find something to actually donate to as you know to help the families out or anything like that mm-hmm. but i yeah. think we should all like every single one of us should join together and put some i mean they have the money <laughs> it's, right. it's definitely there so it's like every if even everyone put you know five thousand dollars together you know for that uh particular org you know donate it to the families that need it yeah definitely man, it's, well, I am also going to say this, make sure, you know, um, I know that, well, I'm going to speak for myself and you guys, you know, can agree, but some, well, what's going on in society kind of, you know, weighs down on you and, Mm. uh, you know, it affects your mental. Um, like for me, for example, I've been bottled up with emotions and like, as soon as I, you know, hopped on this podcast, like all those emotions just like were about to spill, you know? Um, and I think just, you know, one, listening to what's in the media and um, seeing that, you know, our lives aren't valued and uh, being out there um, as a protester um, with other protesters, um, it just, you know, puts, uh, you know, a lot of weight on you. So while you guys are uh, going out, you know, to protests or whatever the case may be um make sure you're you know um taking the time out to you know make sure your mental is correct as well um because um i know when i left last night that's the reason why i left because you know i just wasn't in a good space mentally um especially to see um police officers you know ride gear smirking and shit that shit didn't sit right with me at all um so yeah, I don't know if you guys are feeling it exact same way, but make sure you guys are, uh, you know, taking that time out to take care of you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I had a day, but um, and but when I went out and protest, it kind of made me feel better. Um, yeah. Like I had like a little emotional because it's just like a lot. Like oh my goodness, I don't have kids. I'm not married, but I'm already worried about that. You know, yeah. so it's just yeah. <sighs> yeah, I understand. It's feel um, helpless sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you get so mad on the inside, like you want to go break a window too. You know, like that's why I said, you know, I'm, that's not even my character. I maybe it's time for me to go. You know, so um, if you get to that point, you know, uh, just you know, take that. Or if you want to break it, go ahead. I mean, don't just don't you know let nobody <laughs> know it was you. But uh, yeah, Mike, you look like you uh, thinking over there, man. No, nah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with um, everybody. Just, you know, take time to to take care of yourself. Um, uh, Afeni Shakur said, uh, keep yourself alive. There's nothing more important than that. And, you know, she was the mother of, of course, the late, great Tupac Shakur. So, you know, I think what she said, as simple um, as she said it, um, being who she is, I think that's really uh, an important and, and like heavy sentiment. Like there's nothing more important than keeping yourself alive. 
uh, and, and part of being alive is being healthy uh, physically and mentally. So, you know, uh, these are, these are, are interesting times. Um, but, I, you know, I want everybody to be able to get through it. But, you know, yeah. we, we, have, we have to self-care. We have to take care of ourselves. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Um, and I'm going to play a Tupac track after we, you know, get done with all this. But, and of course, Mike, um, you said it on the other two episodes, but uh, how can people um, reach out to you um, on your platforms and what's next for Free Roots? Um, so follow us. It's at the free underscore roots. Uh, it's the Instagram. Uh, we've got an email distribution actually uh, going live next week um, where you'll get a weekly um, kind of a column or essay from myself. Uh, we've got the podcast starting to record in the fall. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, actually in the, in the beginning stages of writing a book. So, uh, and I'm gonna be on there with them too, y'all, on that podcast. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Um, so got that. Um, Amanda Seals, uh, big homie, she's got a a new app and website jumping off that I'm a contributing writer for, um, smartfunnyandblack.com. I think that goes live tomorrow, actually. So, um, you can catch me on there as well. Um, got some other things in the works. with some other media platforms. So we'll see how that kind of stuff goes. But um, other than that, man, I'm in St. Louis on the South side. Come fuck with me. That's all, that's all hey, it's really about. You a fool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you a real St. Louis nigga, dog. Hey, hey, say it again, I like dog. it. Hey, man, you a St. Louis. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it, man. Ain't no, hey, shit. St. Louis, Louis nigga, I'm a East St. nigga, dog. St. Louis born, St. Louis bred. When I die, motherfucker, I'm gonna be St. Louis dead. Hey, you know how I go, dog. <laughs> CC Tro, uh, y'all got any final thoughts or anything you want to ask, Mike? No, I appreciate you being here and listening to you. Very insightful. So I'm definitely staying tuned with what Free Roots is doing. Definitely. I'll be uh, following you guys. Um, yeah, you did your thing. <laughs> Um, I appreciate y'all for real. For real. I don't know, Mike. That's that uh, Cardinal Ritter education class. Yay! Hell to prep, baby. Hey, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, y'all. We gonna go ahead and get out of here. Um, this is the podcast episode twenty-two of the Profiles Be Like podcast. Uh, make sure you follow Mike. Make sure you follow CC. Make sure you follow Tro. Make sure you're following um, our podcast at PBL Podcast. Um, and ensure that you're subscribing on all uh, platforms that include Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you want to listen to this podcast. Um, Right now, I'm going to go ahead and play um, this Tupac song, which um, is one of my favorites. Um, It it really, I don't know, Tupac, you know, he put, all the Tupac music, actually, um, he he put it, he, he left it in the booth, man. He 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 took care of business. He he's a West Side. He a West Coast nigga. So he uh he left it all on this track. So let me go ahead and get this queued up for y'all. Here's Tupac. Wake up.
wake up in the morning and I ask myself It's like worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being born, even worse, I'm black My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch Cops give a damn about a Negro Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a hero Get it back to the kids, who the hell cares? One less hungry mouth on the welfare First ship them dope and let them deal with brothers Give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere Unless we share with each other We gotta start making changes Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers And that's how I was supposed to be I can never take a brother if he's close to me uh, I let it go back to when we played as kids But then it changed, and that's the way it is